If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Job chapter number one. I thought Brother Roger was going to preach my message this morning in Sunday school. He started talking about Job. I looked over at my wife. He said, I said, he's going to preach my message. <laughs> Amen. Job chapter number one. But y'all do pray for, pray for our family. Pray that God will, uh, will use us and keep us safe on the road. And uh, we, we're looking forward to, um, to going, going back out west this summer. We went out last summer for about 31 days. And, um, I, I, we figured out something though. You know, you should learn something every time you every time you go somewhere. We learned we drove way too much in one day. Uh, we we had a lot of like eleven hour days of driving, and it was just it wore us out. And uh, so one day we left Corpus Christi, Texas, and we made it all the way to uh, Deming, New Mexico, which is the su the southwestern part of New Mexico. 
and it was 800 miles, and we did it in one day, and it just, it just about wiped us out. So this time, we learned to, to spread things out, but only drive six or seven hours a day, and it, it doesn't take a toll on you as bad. So, All right, Job chapter number one. We'll read the first three verses here. It says, uh, verse number one, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be at Smith Chapel Baptist Church this morning. God, what a blessing. Lord, these folks are so, so dear to us. And Lord, I'm so thankful to be back here today. Lord, I pray that, that they received a blessing from the song service, but Lord, most of all, I pray that you received a blessing from it, Lord. We, we never want to uh, uplift ourselves, but God, we sure do want to uplift you. Lord, I pray that we would do that every time. So Lord, in this service, in just the next few minutes, I pray that you would speak to hearts. Lord, every one of us, sometime, at some point in time or in our lives, we feel like Job. And Lord, I pray that today, Lord, you've laid this message on my heart. I pray that it would speak to the hearts of these people. Lord, we're a hurting people, but God, help us to realize we're not only a hurting people, but God, we're a blessed people because of you. Lord, help us to always focus on that. I love you with everything I am. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, life does not make sense to me. I look at things and I look at people and, and I think, Lord, why, why in the world... Or, or is this family, is it this particular family going through a trial? I know a family right now that, uh, that's going through a, a great trial. They're, they're missionaries to another country. Um, the, the wife wound up uh, getting cancer. Uh, and then right around that same period, she wound up becoming pregnant. And, and now they're, they just had the baby the other day, and the baby's healthy. But now they're at a crossroads. Um, the doctors basically... Uh, told them to abort the baby, get rid of the baby so you can get treatment for yourself. And they, they declined to do that. And, and now this, this beautiful little baby girl has been born, but now the mom is suffering with, with cancer and they don't even know that she's going to make it. And I think in my, in my little bitty brain up here, I think sometimes, Lord, that does not seem fair to me. Amen. That doesn't seem fair to me that a family would give their lives to you in, the serv in your service and, and, and trying to do everything right and they are suffering in the most traumatic way. I, some things I don't understand. And then, just being honest, there's times in my life I look at my family, I'm thinking, Lord, that, that, that doesn't seem fair. But here's what I want you to realize today. That God is good and He loves you. God has always got your best interest at heart. Don't ever doubt that. Because listen, there's going to be things that happen in our lives. Me and my wife, we lost a baby. We had a miscarriage right after Dylan was born. And not long after he was born and and, and I questioned the Lord, why? And, and I had an older man help me one day. He took me to Ecclesiastes 9-11, and I won't turn there for sake of time, but, but in the, the, the end of that verse of Ecclesiastes 9-11, it says, time and chance happeneth to them all, Brother Billy. Sometimes things just happen. They just happen. Uh, I've scratched my head, and, and I've thought this, and this is the title of the message, when God lowers the hedge. When God lowers the hedge, now, a hedge is this. It's something used to surround for defense. 
Okay? Now, if you're a child of God here this morning, you've got a hedge of protection about you. But just like that song we were singing, uh, Death Move Along, you'll never see the second death. But that does not mean you're not going to go through trials here on this earth. Okay? It says in Psalm 91 too, it says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He's my hedge, my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. So here's my question to you this morning. When God lowers the hedge in your life, what are you going to do? You've got choices to make, folks, and I've got choices. And listen, I've made the wrong one many, many times in my life. But I'm tired of that. I want to make the right choice. Even when hard times come my way, I want to make the right choice in my Christian life. So look with me in verse number one again. Let's read that. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and skewed evil. Now that word perfect, don't let that scare you. Because in, in, when, when you see the word perfect in, in the Bible talking of, of mortal man, here's what that means. It means he was mature. It means he was mature in the Lord. Listen, we need Christians who will be mature in the Lord and look at their circumstances through the eyes of God and not through the eyes of man. That's where I mess up all the time. I want to look at things through these eyes and not my spiritual eyes. Okay? And then in verses 2 and 3, it tells of all his substance. It tells about Job and what all he had. Look how blessed he was. Verse number 2, and, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Okay? Now some people would say that's not much of a blessing. Amen. I've got two and that two's enough. Amen, Brother Billy. I don't know if I could deal with ten. But listen, that's a blessing to have kids. Okay? Seven sons and three daughters. And then verse 3, it says, His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Listen, he probably had more than all of us put together today. Okay, This was a blessed man in his, in his worldly life. He had been blessed very, very much. But we're going to see here in just a few minutes what happens to Job when God lowers the hedge. Now, verse 7 it says this, jump down with me to verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? We were talking about that this morning. Brother Roger was talking about this. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Listen, Satan is out to get every one of you this morning. Everybody in this church, just, you got up this morning with a purpose to get up and come to church to hopefully worship God and to learn more about Him and to become closer to Him. Listen to me. Because of that, you have a target on your back. Every one of us in here, anytime you want to do something for God, you can bet your bottom dollar that, that Satan is out to get you. Now, does that mean we just give up? Absolutely not. What I have learned in my life is that when Satan attacks me, I endure that and I get through it with the help of the Lord and then I keep going for him. Now, that's not what I always wanted to do. Sometimes I, I would want to just cringe from that. If you've ever watched boxing, I love, listen, I love boxing. I love mixed martial arts. I love that. I love watching that stuff. I know it's brutal, but I love it. So anyway, if you take a guy who's, who's never boxed before in his life, and he gets in a ring with a boxer, once he gets hit a couple of times, guess what he starts doing? You'll, watch, you'll see him. He'll do this. He'll turn away from it because it hurts, okay? But here's what happens after you find a boxer who's boxed a lot. You take a professional boxer, 
When he gets hit, he learns to take the punches and then return punches. Listen, as Christians, we need to learn how to, to take the attacks of the devil, deal with them in a spiritual, godly way, and then keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. I want to show you something. I brought this today. I like visuals because I think it helps people. So this, is, we brought this from the house. But I want you to think about this. This, let me get this unraveled here. This is when we like to serve God. When the hedge is way up here. When the hedge is up here and we're being protected from every side, everything is fine in our lives. Listen, this is where we want to serve God at. But what happens when it gets here? What happens when it gets here? What happens, what happens when it gets here? Because I've seen it. I've seen it when, when God has lowered the hedge not to hurt me. Listen, I heard a preacher say one time, God is not trying to drown you. He's trying to cleanse you. God is not trying to burn you. He's trying to purify you. But it's up to you how you respond to it. We've got to respond in the right way. So in verse 7, Satan comes to God. And he was searching for somebody. He was searching for somebody going up and down to and fro. And in verse 8, look at this. I have scratched my head on this verse probably more than any verse in the Bible. Verse 8 says this, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? I have scratched my head on that and thought, Lord, why? Why would you take a perfect man, a mature man in the Lord, who's tried to do right in his life, and say, hey, Satan, have, have you considered this guy? And here's what I come up with. We all know that God's all-knowing. And God knew that, that Job could make it through this trial. Let me tell you this morning, God knows whatever trial you're going through, with His help, that you can make it. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. We all go through trials, but it's how we respond. I looked this up. We all go through tests, okay? You think, about, you think about people who are teachers. They give out tests for one reason. They give out a test because they want to see if the student has prepared and learned enough to remember it and to, to put it down on paper what they've learned. That's why we do a test, right? Amen. I think we got some teachers in here, right? Raise your hand for teachers. I think we got Teacher of the Year in here, right? Look at there. Miss <laughs> Sherry got Teacher of the Year. We saw, saw that on Facebook. Amen. Congratulations. But listen, we all go through tests. And here's what a test is. A procedure intended to establish the quality, the performance, or reliability of something. Okay? So put your name in that something there. A procedure intended to establish the quality, performance, or reliability of Jesse Butcher. And then here's the last part of it. It says, especially before it's put into widespread use. Let me say this. Before God can use us, we're going to have to go through some tests. <coughs> they're not fun and they're not easy, but I'm telling you, they are essential in the Christian life. They're essential. You're going to go through it. And I put this down. I said, God sure did put Job into widespread use, didn't he? You think about how many years ago that was. They say that Job's the oldest book in the Bible. But you think about all those years ago 
And I'm still talking about Job today, brother. There's preachers all over this world probably this morning talking about Job. Because he was put to the test and he handled it the right way. And he was put into widespread use for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 10, it says this. Well, let me read verse 9. It says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job, doth Job fear God for naught? Verse 10 says, hast not, hast not thou made an hedge about him? There's that word hedge. And about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. He, you, know what, you know what Satan said? He said, sure Job's going to serve you. You know why? Because of this right here. That hedge is about him. That hedge is all the way around him. Absolutely. Why wouldn't somebody serve God when everything's perfect in their life? It's easy to serve God when everything's going good. It's easy to read my Bible and to pray when everything's going good. I don't want that to fall because there's a special, special thing about that. I want it to stay right there. Because listen, it's easy to serve God when everything's going good. When there's plenty of money in the bank. When, when your cars are running good and the, and the roof's not leaking on my house. It's easy to serve Him. But it's in the tough times. When God lowers that hedge is when you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. What are you going to do at that point? Verse 11 uh, says this, But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. But remember this, God knew how Job was going to respond. He knew how he was going to respond. I wrote this down. I said, we must be careful not to only serve God in the good times. Not just in the good times, but in the bad times, and in the sad times, and in the, the painful times. I told mo most of you have heard about this. Brother Roger remembered it this morning. My wife suffers from pain all the time. Last ten, last ten and a half years, she's suffered with pain. And listen, there's been times when I've gotten mad and bitter and angry at God. But then I've seen times how God has blessed us through the pain. It's not always easy, is it, babe? It's not always easy. But listen, you need to respond in the correct way when trials come. Verse 12 says this, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put, forth, put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Here's what, here's what God said. He said, Okay, Satan, the hedge has been lowered. He said, You can touch all that he has. Everything he has, you can touch it, except for him. Don't touch him. But that hedge went from here to here. At this point, Job is vulnerable, and we're going to see what happens. Verse number 13 through 19, and I'm not going to read it for, for the sake of time, but Job lost everything. He lost everything. He lost all those animals that we read about in verse number 3. He lost them. All of his servants that he, that he had, he lost them. And it says, if, if you read it in there, it says, um, let me find it. Why, and it says, while he was yet speaking, a, a messenger came to him and, and was telling him what was going on. And it said, while he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, Job, this happened. And while he was yet speaking, another one came and said, Job, this happened. And then a last messenger came and said, Job, 
All of your children have been killed. All ten of them. All seven sons and three daughters. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to lose everything that you have. Everything. And in verse 22, let me jump down there. It says this. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. We have a tendency, at least I do, I have a tendency in my life to want to blame God for things. God, this is happening, and you can take care of it, so why don't you? If we're not careful, we'll blame God for the things that happen in our life. And I have people ask me all the time, why does this happen to good people? Why does this happen? Why does this happen? And I have to take them, Brother Billy, all the way back to Genesis. And I said, I want you to see something. That God never intended for any of this to happen. He put Adam and Eve in a perfect garden where everything was, was absolutely perfect. And they messed it up. You know, a lot of times in our trials, we're the ones that mess it up. We're the ones that mess it up. So don't ever, don't ever blame God for for what you're going through. I know, listen, I've done it. I have, I have blamed God. I've been, I told this to a church the other day. I said, I've been so angry before, especially with my wife's uh, condition. I felt like just, and I'm a little fella, but I felt like I could take that wall and rip it down with my hands because of the anger in my life. But you know, God's had to help me with that. And God has shown me that He's taken those trials What's the most horrible trials of our life? And he's used them to bless and help other people. Let me tell you this morning, God can take your trial, whatever it is, and help other people because they're going through the same thing that you're going through. Amen. And then if that wasn't enough, look in verse number two. Chapter two, verse two, I'm sorry. And here we go again. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And here again, the same words. And Satan answered the Lord, saying, going, uh, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And then in verse 3, here we go. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And he still holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. You know what kind of integrity we need this morning as, as Christians, as a church? When the trials of life are overwhelming us, we need this kind of integrity in our lives to just keep going for God. To keep, keep going for God just like Job did. Just like he did. Verse number four, Satan says this, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. He said, He'll give up everything to save, his, to save himself. But listen to verse 5. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. He said, listen, you took everything he had. That's fine because he still had his health. He said, but you touch his health and see what happens. We've seen that in our life. And many in here today, listen, every, I'd say everybody in here has been, been affected by by sickness somehow, some way. It may not be you personally, but it may be your family. It may be your husband or wife. It may be, be your children. Listen, everybody in here has been affected somehow. Job not only suffered emotionally from losing everything he had, but now he's suffering physically. 
Because we're going to see that. Verse number 6, it says this. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So that hedge that he had, it went from here, and God said you can, you can touch everything he has, just don't touch him. And it got to here. And then Satan come back at him, and God said, Okay, you can touch his body. So then that hedge got here. Listen, folks, that hedge gets low sometimes. In our lives, the hedge gets very, very low. Verse number 7 says this, So when Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, he smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. From the bottom of his feet to the top of his head, he was suffering from boils. Had to be an excruciating pain. And in verse 10, I love this. The last part of it, I'll just read this. In all this did not Job sin with his lips. We need that, folks. We need that so badly in our lives today. So when God lowers the hedge, what do you do? Listen, when sickness comes, when, when everything's fine in life and sickness comes, what do you do? When you lose your job, what do you do? When our family members die and pass on, what do you do? It's a, it, listen, it's up to you to take when God lowers the hedge and respond in the right way. Usually we have a, we have a plan in our, life, in our mind of how life should go, don't we? I, I thought this, I thought me and my wife would get married. We'd have a wonderful life together, which we do. We'd have kids, which we do. And life would just go on perfect for us. That's what I thought. But I'm telling you, some things have happened in our life that was not in my playbook. They were not in my plan. And I've responded wrongly in a lot of those ways. And through the years, God has taught me how to respond correctly. He'll teach you how to respond if you'll listen to Him. But it's up to you. So here's what we should do. Number one, we need to realize that God is always with us. Everywhere you go, anything you do, God is always with you. Hebrews 13, 5, the last part of it says this, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. No matter how low the hedge gets, listen to me. God is always with you. And then realize that Christians are going to suffer too. We're not exempt from that. I think a lot of times people think that because you're a Christian, that things are just going to go great for you. Listen, nowhere in this Bible has there ever been a man that everything went great for him once he started following God. Listen, even Jesus Christ himself suffered greatly when he was here on earth. And it says this, it says in Philippians 1.29, but also to suffer for his sake. There's going to be times when you suffer because of Christ's sake. He suffered for us and we're going to suffer for Him if we're going to truly, truly follow Him. And then do this. Even when the hedge goes from here to here to here. Let me get out here. To here. You keep serving God. Every day of your life you get up with a purpose in your heart to serve the Lord. To keep going for Him. To never give up. I may have said this before when we was here. I said, Butcher, we're the Butcher family, and Butchers have a motto that we never give up. We don't give up on God. 
We don't give up on our family, on, on our marriage. We don't give up. We don't give up on our kids, although I'd like to sometimes and string them up. Amen? We don't do that. Listen, we don't give up. Because here's what I want to show you this morning. The hedge starts here, and God may lower it to here. God may lower it to here. And things get real bad, He may lower it to here. And listen to me. The hedge may get here. But I want you to know something this morning. For the child of God, for those of you in here that's trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the hedge never does that. God never drops the hedge on you. He lowered the hedge on Job. But listen to me. He never dropped the hedge. He may lower the hedge on you. But He'll never drop it. Because I want you to realize that He loves you and He cares for you and your best interest is always in His heart. Let me say this this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, listen, there's no hedge of protection about you. I read, we sang that song, Death Move Along. But listen, there's no hedge of protection for somebody who's not the child of God this morning. We sing, a, we sing a song on Facebook, try to every Sunday. We miss some, but we try to put one every Sunday. And this morning we put this one. And this is for the Christian this morning. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Listen, this is not our home, folks. This is not it. You're, the place you live, I live at 1534 Mountain View Road in King, North Carolina. I love that house because God gave it to us. But listen to me, it is not my home. It will never be my home. My home is in heaven. That's where my citizenship is. And listen, we've got to keep that. We've got to keep that in perspective. So that we will not get distracted by the trials of this life down here. As my wife comes, I want, I want to sing one song before we close.